So last week was Pentecost Sunday. That is a very important day in the church calendar. We had a great Sunday morning here. And also it was really good for many of us to go over to a joint service in Birmingham, Centre of Birmingham at Birmingham Christian Centre. And uh, I think more people went from Encounter than any other church. So not that that's important. And the wonderful thing about Pentecost is it's not a day that we celebrate on one day particularly, but it's great to do. But Jesus said, didn't he, that I will not leave you as orphans. I'm going away, but I won't leave you. I'm going to send my promise, Holy Spirit. And this was a great promise. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible concerning the Holy Spirit or any verse in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 where it says this. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has in store for us, but he has revealed it to us by his Spirit. What a wonderful verse. And it goes on to say lots of other things as well, which I will preach on another time. But God doesn't hold anything back, does he? With his Son, with his Spirit, doesn't hold anything back to us. Now, we know that uh, the Holy Spirit helps us in many ways. We know that there's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's nine fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There we go. I thought, well, how am I going to get through that? Yeah. So there's nine fruit of the Holy Spirit which help us and uh, are within our lives. And the Bible also talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I can't remember them off by heart, but... um, Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, somebody once said, and I think that's right, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not there just to make our meetings better. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are there to enhance our relationship and connection with God. They're there that we can serve the body of Christ to build it up. And it is there for us to be very effective in a, in a missional way. So they're given as kind of, of tools and resources for us. So they are to impact our own lives because of our relationship with God, impact our fellowship, and for us to make an impact within the world. And just an aside, I love the kind of quote from a guy called Ed Silvozo, who was a kind of person that was prominent in the Argentinian revival in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. And he says this, some people think that the church was born in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, that it was in the upper room that the church was born. And, and in a sense, you can see that it was when God poured out his Holy Spirit. But he says, he says, you know, that something is not born until it goes outside. It's formed inside but it's not born until it goes outside. And he said that the church was not born until it went out and made an impact on the wider world. And I thought that was a really good way of looking at it. And uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, are there to, to resources. Now, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, with what happened in the upper room, and then they all went out speaking in tongues, Peter then explains something of what happened. Now, his sermon is quite a long one. We're not going to cover it all. But I'm going to read a few verses from Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 21. You can follow it in your Bible. The words will possibly come up on the screen. So Peter addresses this vast crowd that are coming to Jerusalem to celebrate and uh, the day of Pentecost. And here we have it. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. 
he raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, because they're speaking in tongues as you suppose, because it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what the, uh, was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The, the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming and great day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now it's interesting that uh, Peter picks up on this prophecy of Joel and focuses strongly on prophecy, that the Spirit will be poured out on servants, both men and women. I will pour my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Now like Peter, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, even when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, makes this real big, has a real big focus on the gift of prophecy. And, in, and Paul, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says this, Follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially, especially the gift of prophecy. Now, we know that uh, as believers that we are to love people. We are to love people. And Paul here, by making this statement, he's making this indication that one of the biggest aspects of loving people is to desire spiritual gifts, and particularly prophecy. So he's saying that one of the ways that we can demonstrate our love to other people is to desire this gift, because it really blesses people. Because he goes on to say that everyone who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouragement, and their comfort. Therefore, it's a gift amongst the body of Christ particularly, to desire because it blesses people so much. And with the gift of prophecy, I suppose, amongst other things, God shows us that he's there and he's also aware of us. Because if it's a word that comes that's specific, we think, oh, God is so aware of our situation. Now, about 12 years ago, when I was um, starting pastoring a church up in the northeast. Uh, right at the start of that, uh, I was ill for about six months, which is a little bit strange because I'd never really been ill before. So I was in hospital a little bit, and it affected one of my ankles. And I remember, I, I found it really difficult. I felt unwell, but still wanted to leave the church. So I didn't want to take too much time off, so I was just starting. And I remember once kind of having to go to church and get out my, uh, and get, drive to church, even though it's five minutes away, and I had to use crutches to get into the church. But I didn't want people to see the crutches, so I put them in um, my office. But I really did feel unwell. And I remember on the Wednesday night, we had a prayer meeting for an hour, due to have a prayer meeting, and afterwards, we were going to have a leadership team meeting. And I, in, during the prayer meeting, I really didn't feel like being there, and I really didn't feel like facing the elders afterwards. Um, now, elders are a lovely group of people, but I wouldn't like to bump into them on a dark night, two o'clock in the morning, in a dark alley. But anyway, um, but the elders down there are very supportive, leadership team, very for, uh, supportive, I do jest. And, um, 
but I didn't feel well. So at the end of the prayer meeting, a lady called Catherine um, took pity on me. and says, I think we should pray for Phil. You know, we should do that. So they gathered around me, um, and uh, at that point, he wasn't quite a resurrection. He was kind of a prayer for healing, thankfully. And anyway, the point is this, that during the prayer, a lady in our church called Susan, who I'd known for many years, said, I've got this picture for you and about you. She says, and I've got a picture, and it's a museum. And in the museum, I see a picture of you like a relic in the museum. Now, I wasn't offended about the age thing there at that point, quite. But the word was this. She says, in a museum, they are so protective of those things that are on show that they spend so much money and put so much resources in protecting. She says, this is the picture. You are so precious to God. He is doing everything within his power to make sure that you're safe and protected. Now, some people say, wouldn't it be better, though, to have been healed? Well, actually, a few days later, God really confirmed this word in the Bible. And it has stuck with me for the last 12 years. That God spoke to me in such a way that I was so precious to him that he would protect me. And that was such a blessing for me. Now, Susan gives many words within that church up in the Northeast, and it blesses so many people. So it says that prophecy brings in direct verbal communication uh, into contact with God's real purpose and perspective. Words of knowledge and um, prophecy, these gifts help us to put God at the center of our lives as it becomes our main desire and focus. And in the context of worship, through prophecy, and many of you have been in meetings where people do come up and share words, God opens our eyes and ears to who he is, what he's doing, what he wants to say to us. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, the Apostle Paul says, you know, if prophecy is working well within a church, people come in from the outside who might not be believers and they will proclaim God is here. God is here because there's a sense of God's presence by what he says. Now there's different levels of prophecy. There's the, the station of a prophet, you know, like people who were in the Old Testament had this kind of word for the, for the nation, there's a bigger picture and, and a few people kind of have that office. I don't know too many, but that is one level of it. Then there's a ministry of prophets, a bit like what I'm describing uh, about Susan. I use it quite often to build people up. It's just part of her ministry. It's her main ministry. But then there's a gift of prophecy, a level of gift of prophecy, where we can all join in. We can all play a part. We can all have this gift or use this gift. And I think this is a tremendous encouragement to all of us. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, he says this, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. We'll look at that at another time. But I'd rather have you prophesy because it builds up the body. Now, he wasn't having a go at tongues. He was redressing a little bit of a balance. 
that the focus was only on tongues. And he says, come on, there's some greater gifts than this, all these other gifts than this. And, and they're great because they build up other people. But he said, I, I would rather have you prophesy, but I would like you all to speak in tongues. Now, the Bible wouldn't say this if it wasn't possible. And uh, I believe very much that we can all prophesy. We can all join in with this. Now, some people at times just say, well, we should see more of the, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit because, after all, we're a Pentecostal church. Nothing to do with being a Pentecostal church. We're a church. We're a church. And we are believers. Now, thankfully, when the start of the 1990s, now, there was a move of God and there's all these Pentecostal churches started up all over the world. Incredible move of God. And there's something like 400 million Pentecostal Christians around the world. But the reason that we can step out and prophesy, it's not because we're Pentecostals, it's because we're Christians. Because we belong to God. That's his calling upon our lives. And he can use any one of us. So whereas we can all love, we can all pray, we can all serve, we can all witness, we can all give, biblically, we can all prophesy. I remember years and years and years ago, um, coming to a meeting in the center of Birmingham, I have no idea where I went. I was very young, it was about 30 years ago, and church leaders from around the country wanted to come and hear a guy called uh, Benson Idahozo. I can't remember from where in Africa he was, but he had this great ministry of praying for people and seeing signs and wonders, and uh, he's well known, so we brought all our team down to Birmingham. 600 leaders there, prominent leaders from around the country, not that I was a prominent leader, but the others were. And, and during the worship, somebody gave this word out, in tongues. So if you've been in a meeting where that is, uh, if you've not, then you've got that to come. You'll, you know. So it was a word out in tongues where it was obvious that somebody needed to give an interpretation. Now there were 600 prominent leaders there. And the person that God used was somebody that was on the welcome team. Who had the word from the Lord. Do you know, and I thought, Lord, that's really like you. You're not just using one of these leaders who would love to get up and grab the mic. You're using somebody who's serving, and I'm not undermining somebody on a welcome team, but God can choose to use any of us, can't he, at any time? And it really did spoke to me. So there's many settings where it's good to have this great sense that God is speaking to us, and it can come in many different ways. And I hope this is an encouragement for you. If it's new to you, then I hope it's something that you'll go on and discover more of. Um, but for those of you who is not new to, this will be an encouragement for you. So there's many settings where prophecy can be used. On Sundays, in, in prayer meetings, uh, prayer ministry, connect groups, when we've been missional. And it's, it's learning to recognize when it's God that's speaking. That's what's really helpful. And Jesus says, doesn't he? He says, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. My sheep, you know, all of us. And it's not as if I kind of have, have this sense that God is speaking to me clearly every day, so don't misunderstand me. Uh, you know, some people think, oh, they hear God all the time. But all of us can grow in our awareness of when God is speaking to us. So when it comes to a prophecy, it might be just a few verses of Scripture that you've read. And at times on a Sunday morning, um, I think when he was the last person that did it, two or three verses that she'd read, she just knew in the worship that God, that it was right to share them as part of our worship, a sense of what God was saying, the emphasis that was given. And, um, you know, so when that comes, we have a sense that God is speaking to us. We're not just singing the worship songs. Uh, 
So it can be a few Bible verses. Sometimes people have come forward and said, I've got this picture in my imagination. It is like a picture. Now, it kind of might be a little bit of dimpy. A lot of people say, I just got this within my imagination. I can, I can see this. Now, I'm not kind of a person that receives prophecies like that. But one of the very first prophecies that I um, heard was somebody having a picture. And I was uh, amongst a group of team members. There were six of us. And uh, I hadn't really got into prophecy or understood much about prophecy. And we were praying for each other. And um, Paul, who was in the team, he says, I've got a picture. Now, I didn't know what he meant. I thought, we've got pictures at home. What does he mean? What are you talking about? And he went on, he says, I can picture a dam. And this dam obviously has water, because it's stopping water. There's a crack in this dam, and there's a little bit of water that is trickling through. Then all of a sudden, the dam bursts. And the girl sitting next to me called Heather, Heather just bursts into tears. She just starts crying. And I thought, Lord, you know, what's going on here? And then Heather says this. She says, that was for me. And she says, the problem is, is that I'm a daughter of a Baptist minister. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a daughter of a Baptist minister, by the way. But what she was saying is that everybody thinks I'm okay all the time. Expects me to be okay all the time. Expects me to be perfect. Expects me not to have any problems. And she says, I I just never cry. I pride myself on never cry. And it was as if God was saying she, he was releasing these emotions within her. And there she was being released. And it was because of Paul's picture. And I remember thinking, Lord, I want to do that. Not make people cry. But I thought, Lord, this is really blessing her at this moment in time. And some people, they have this picture and they come and share this. Sometimes it's a thought, just a strong thought that comes within your mind. Now, we have to be careful because we have all kinds of different thoughts, don't we? So if I'm sitting there during the worship and feeling hungry, and if I have a picture of KFC, then it's probably not the Lord, is it? But it, sometimes it comes, this, this very strong... Now, the Bible says this, and, and if I'm in worship, and a, a thought comes that I think might be from the Lord, I say, Lord, is this you? Is this you? Is this you? Because the Bible says, you know, God says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. As far as the heavens are above the earth are your thoughts and my thoughts and your ways for my ways, which is why we needed saving in the first place. But what I would do is say, Lord, this strong thought, Lord, is this you? And if that continues throughout the worship, I might think, Lord, this is you. Sometimes it might be a strong emotion. Sometimes people just have this sense of what people are feeling or a few people are feeling within the congregation. And it might be that uh, I've been in meetings where people said there's a strong sense of fear and God wants to minister to your fear. Or it might be a strong sense of guilt or apprehension and they've come and shared that. So it could come in different forms and it blesses the body of Christ. Now, often when God speaks, often when God speaks, you know, we think of the Old Testament, we think God is going to speak so loudly and so clear. But the Bible said, you know, in the New Testament, it's not quite like that. Jesus says, my sheep recognize my voice. It's kind of a, a sensitive thing. And in the Old Testament, it actually also talks about a still, small Voice. Often we'll hear God through a still, small voice. So, for example, 
Moses goes up, as recorded in Exodus chapter 20, onto the Mount of Horeb, Mount Sinai, and he receives the, the Ten Commandments. I nearly said 20 commandments. That would be theologically wrong, wouldn't it? Ten Commandments. Exodus 20. And he's up there, up there receiving the Ten Commandments, and I tell you, all kinds of things going on. I mean, there, there's fire, I mean, there's, there's wind, there's earthquakes, there's thunder. There's no doubt, there is no doubt that God is speaking at that moment in time. A few centuries later, Elijah is on the same mountain. Elijah is running away from um, Queen Jezebel, who wanted to kill all the prophets. Elijah is running away, and he is depressed. God comes and speaks to Elijah on the same mountain he spoke to Moses. And there's this powerful wind that comes. And this wind is so powerful that it starts to break the rocks. Imagine that. It starts to break the rocks. And then there's, and, but, but, but God says, I'm not in this wind. And then there's this big earthquake and the mountain shakes. And, and God says, I'm not in this earthquake. And then there's this fire big fire on the mountain and God says I am not in this fire and it says after the fire came a gentle whisper after the fire comes a gentle whisper so if we want to get involved in prophecy and a sense of what God is saying it won't always be dramatic it will very often be a gentle whisper from the Lord that's not audible but we just get used to understanding when it's the Lord. The wonderful thing is, isn't it? So it's probably about 100 people in this room today. God has this capacity, wonderful capacity, of laying on somebody's heart or one or two people's heart the sense of what he's saying to us this morning. He can do that. A corporate, this is what God is saying. This is a picture. This is what I think. God also has this wonderful capacity to speak to every one of us in 100 different ways. It's great, isn't it? The work of the Holy Spirit. He has the capacity to do that. But I just want to encourage you, those who are part of Encounter Church, that there's times when you just have to step out and take the opportunities. But it's often with a still, small voice. Now, there's many settings where prophecy speaks well. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, you know, uh, in church meetings, in public meetings, and you do need to be a little bit sensible. That's why we invite people to come and share it with whoever's hosting first, and then we get them to share it. But there's a sense that in smaller settings like connect groups or the women's meetings or the men's meetings or in our own prayer meetings, there's a sense where biblically I think it encourages us to all consider stepping out. All kind of praying, Lord, is there anything that you want to share through me? So again, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says this, he says, what shall we say then, brothers? When you come together, everyone can have a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation or a prophecy for the strengthening of the church. God can use us all in those settings. So I want to encourage you, even in our connect groups, or especially in our connect groups, to step out, or in the student meetings, to step out a little bit and say, God, is there something that you want me to want to bring? And, and God will bless you, and God will bless the group. But we can all play a part in this. Now, how might we deliver a word? You might say, well, I've got a kind of sense of what you're saying, Lord. What should I do about it? 
Well, one thing I really encourage people to do is, is just to stand up and say, you know, I just have a sense that God might be saying this to us today, or this is something that's on my heart that's from the Lord. You don't have to stand up and say, thus says the Lord. You don't have to say, God is saying. Because the Bible says, doesn't it, we, we know in part, we don't know in full. So I'm not a big fan of people saying, no, God is saying this. I'm a fan of people going and saying, I just have a strong sense that God might be saying this. And it's far easier to receive when we do that. Now, I used to think, I used to think, what, I, th- I used to think that I knew what everybody needed to hear from God. I used to think that I knew. And, um, and it was important for me to change my attitude on this because back in the 1980s and the 1990s, prayer ministry at the front of churches was far more prominent than it is today, which, which is absolutely fine. I'm not harking back to those days particularly, but that's what it was like. And I remember when people used to go forward for prayer um, during that period, and I was thinking, oh, Lord, great. They really need changing. They really need praying for. I know what they need. I know what you need to say to them. I know what you need to challenge them on. And then they receive prayer. They go back to the seats, totally blessed. And I would think, Lord, you, what, what are you doing? You just missed your opportunity to change them in the way that I think that you, they should be changed. You've not said what I think you need, needed to say, but our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not... God's ways. God knows exactly what people need to hear and to receive from him. So God doesn't call us to be judgmental. Um, Somebody once says, prophecy will not leave the church or the person feeling confused, degraded, or condemned. Prophecy is a wonderful part of the healing and renewing process. So prophecy builds up. We don't, you know, we don't prophesy what we think people need to hear, we prophesy the blessing that God wants to bring people at that particular moment in time. 1 Corinthians 13, the great passage on love that's mentioned in nearly most weddings, it says this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a clanging gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, or faith to move mountains, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. So it always, always has to be done in a way that builds up and releases people. God knows what we need to hear. And the wonderful thing is, and are you listening well, that God, along this gift of prophecy, gives great wisdom, the gift of wisdom in how to share things. And uh, sometimes we might have a sense of God speaking to us. And the thing to pray then is, God, what do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to share, share it? Now, I was greatly blessed or encouraged by a couple from New Zealand who were well known to this church or have been, David and Greta Peters from New Zealand. And they're just so good on how prophecy blesses churches and congregations. And I remember them saying that um, they had... Uh, felt a word or prophecy for a friend of theirs who wasn't married. And this friend of theirs, this lady, was going away on a, a holiday. I think it was a Christian holiday with a lot of single people, men and women. And they really felt, um, as they were praying for her, 
that she would meet the person that she was going to marry while she was away. Now, they needed wisdom as to what to do with that. Because if, she, if they said to her, we believe that you're going to meet the man that you're going to marry while you're on holiday, she'd be checking out every bloke, wouldn't she? I mean, how she not, as people kind of in restaurants are walking down a corridor around the swimming pool thinking, oh Lord, I hope it's him, or I hope it's not him. I mean, it's going to happen, isn't it? How is that not going to happen? So they didn't say that. They just felt that they should hold on and pray for her. And she did meet somebody while she's on holiday. And uh, they started to date, as you call it, or court, or whatever. Go out. Be friends. But even at that point, they didn't say... Oh, we thought that you were going to, felt God saying you're going to meet the person you're going to marry, because that put pressures on the relationship, doesn't it? I mean, the last thing you want, you know, if you're a bloke, for the, you know, you wouldn't want it to be saying, oh, we've got to get married. That's a little bit intense, isn't it? But it was after they got engaged that they shared the word with her, that we had a sense that when you're going on the holiday, that you were going to meet the person that you were going to marry. What great confirmation is that? What great encouragement is that? What great wisdom is that as well that really blesses? So coming into land uh, very quickly. David and Greta Peters, they're really good because they have this phrase. It says, we want to be a blessing and not a messing. So, you know, we do want to bring wisdom into it. But it's just great. Prophecy is great when it's wise, when it's discerning, when it's this full of faith done well it just releases and blesses so many people so let me just say this about receiving words for yourself many of you may have received words from others in the past or in the future you'll receive words from people when people are praying for you they want to bless you have a sense of what God is saying how to receive those words what is important for us to say Lord is this from you uh, is this what you're saying to us because often what will happen if we somebody gives us a prophecy God will confirm it in other ways or somebody gives us a prophecy, it will confirm something that we feel that God is saying to us anyway. In the Bible it says, the righteous do nothing in haste. So sometimes it's good, to, if it's particularly directive, to check out with other people and those people who know you. But let me say this. Prophecy, you know, when people prophesy to us, they're not playing God for us. We do need to hear God for ourselves. And Sean Bolch, in his book, God's secrets, and I was reading his book, and I couldn't believe some of the ways that God, well, I could believe some of the ways that God used him, but just extraordinary. So there's times when he'd be in a meeting, and he would kind of not just have a picture, but he'd have the name of the picture that it's for, and sometimes he would have the address of the person that he's for, even though he didn't know them. Now, that is very specific, very specific. But he says this in his book, and I thought this is a very important point. He says, so often, because God uses me in certain ways, people will come up to me in church and say, say, Sean, have you got a word for me? And he'll say, yes, read the Bible. <laughs> that is the word of God for you. Because the primary way that God will speak to any of us or confirm anything or begin to speak to us is through his word. So if you want to hear the word of God, do that. But the gift of prophecy is just a wonderful thing that brings God's perspective to us. So prophecy, to close, brings great blessing as we grow in love, expectation, and wisdom. And 
as I mentioned from Paul, he says, follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Everyone who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouragement, and their comfort. Wouldn't it be great for God to use us more uh, within this particular area? Because there's just a way through prophecy that I believe that God wants to bless us. I'm going to invite uh, the band up to come and uh, join me. Like I say, for some of you this might be kind of new. For some it's quite familiar. And we're all in different places and God wants to use us in different ways. But it would be a great blessing on us as a body of Christ for this gift to be released a little bit more for us to step out a little bit more and um, take hold of what God has for us. And it may be that this morning as you've been listening to this, it might have just totally passed you by, which is absolutely fine. But it may be that you're saying, Lord, I'd really like to step out and be used by you. And I hope that this morning, that one of the things that you have taken hold of is that God can use you. It's not for a few special, very spiritual Christians. It's not as if you've got to reach a level of spirituality. Because we are his children, aren't we? They're gifts. You don't earn gifts. They're gifts. That's why God wants to bless us, because it blesses other people. Maybe you say, Lord, on my heart, I really want to see the body of Christ built up, and if you can use me, then that would be great. Maybe, you know, your heart is, God, I, I think there's times when you are speaking to me, I just need your help, or for the work of the Spirit, just to help me to understand when it's you and when it's not you, when it's just my thoughts, because I'm just a little bit hesitant, and maybe you're praying for a bit of boldness. Maybe your prayer is, Lord, help me to get going. Some of you, though, it may be, Lord, I know that you've used me in the past. I want you to use me again. And for some of your desire is that, God, just take me to the next level with this. Use me even more. So I'm not going to invite people to come to the front. But if that's on your heart, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite those to stand, if they'd like to stand, and I'll pray again. Lord, we do thank you for... The work of your spirit within us, we thank you that we reminded uh, Pentecost Sunday. But it just wasn't just a one day in the calendar. It's that you poured out. You poured out. And you're still pouring out. And Lord, we thank you for this gift of prophecy that we've talked about today. Brought out from your word and how you want to bless us individually and in our smaller groups and corporately. And Lord, the encouragement, the inspiration, the challenge is that this is for all of us. It's not a case that I minister in this way in the church, therefore I can't do this. Lord, this is, you know, this is for all of us. And for those, Lord, that are just looking for you to release this gift or to help to stir up this gift or to recognize when you're speaking, I pray, Lord, that you bless them today. That this would be a turning point or a marker in the sand that as we go forward that will be used by you even more. 
So I'd love to pray for you this morning. I'm not going to invite you to come to the front. But if some this morning say, God, this is me coming to you. And uh, I want to receive what you have for me concerning this. Why don't you stand to your feet as a statement to the Lord. Lord, this is me coming to you today to receive from you and to step out in you. For some, it is a, simply a statement, Lord, I am going to stir up this gift. I'm going, to, I'm going to stir it up. It's there, I know it's there, and I'm going to stir it up. Eagerly desire because it brings such blessing on the body of Christ. It's... Yeah, it's a way of demonstrating God's love to our church family and to individuals. That when we pray for them, just a sense of what God is saying, to be open to that. Why don't you just hold your hands out before the Lord this morning and just as a demonstration maybe hold your two hands out as if Lord I know this is a gift this is a gift this is a gift this is a gift that I receive from you I'm going to stir up in your name just in your own words for the next few seconds say Lord I receive this from you I, I know that you have this for me I receive this from you Jesus, Lord, we receive from you in order that we can give, in order that we can bless, in order to build up, in order to bring glory to you, in order to see healing, encouragement, restoration. Lord, we thank you. All these things are a result of your purposes, Lord. Through your gifts, through the demonstration of your power, through your intervention, through you speaking to us by your Spirit. And Lord, we release that gift, Lord, amongst us as a church and upon us, Lord, as a church. A new season, Lord. A new season, Lord. A fresh season. I've been excited about you speaking to us in so many different ways. And Lord, all these folks, these wonderful people that have stood in your presence, we pray that you'll bless them over these next few weeks. These next few weeks, Lord, that we would 
increasingly hear your still small voice. Increasingly hear your still small voice. And Lord, we, we look to receive all that you've got for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,